hello and welcome back to Leftist Reading, a podcast where I'm a leftist and I read things. Today we are continuing with the basic principles of Marxism-Leninism and exploring the different topics that are foundational to leftist theory broadly. This whole chapter we're on right now is about materialist dialectics and we're getting into the meat of what actually that means and what it means for our worldview if we adopt it. So let's dive right in. Basic Principles of Materialist Dialectics Annotation 103 Figure 1 Principle of General Relationships and Principle of Development The principle of general relationships and the principle of development are the most basic principles of materialist dialectics. These two principles are dialectically related to one another. The following sections will outline the principle of general relationships and the principle of development, which are the most fundamental principles of materialist dialectics. These two concepts are closely and dialectically related. 1. The Principle of General Relationships A. Definition of Relationship and Common Relationship Annotation 104 The principle of general relationships describes how all things, phenomena, and ideas are related to one another, and are defined by these internal and external relationships. The principle of development relates to the idea that motion, change, and development are driven by internal and external relationships. These two principles are dialectically linked. Any given subject is defined by its internal relationships, and these same relationships drive the development of every subject. Note, the foundation of the principles of materialist dialectics were laid out by Engels in Dialectics of Nature. Engels began working on Dialectics of Nature in February 1870, and had to stop in 1876 to work on anti-During. He then restarted work on Dialectics of Nature in 1878 and continued working on it until 1883, when Karl Marx died. Engels felt that it was more important to try and put together Marx's great unfinished works, Capital, Volumes 2, 3, and 4, and so stopped working on Dialectics of Nature once again. So, unfortunately, Engels died before this seminal work on materialist dialectics could be completed, and what we have instead is an unfinished assemblage of notes. What follows in the rest of this book is a cohesive system of materialist dialectics which was built upon the foundations laid out by Engels in Dialectics of Nature and many other works of political and scholarly writing from various sources. This is the system of materialist dialectics studied by Vietnamese students and applied by Vietnamese communists today. Because this text comes from predominantly Vietnamese scholarship and ideological development, we have had to translate some terms into English which are not derived from the canon of Marx, Engels, and Lenin. In some cases, various terms have been consolidated into one concept. For example, Engels used the term interconnection, German innern zusammenhang, literally inner connections, in Dialectics of Nature, but Vietnamese political scientists use the term relationship, where Engels uses the term motion, German, Bewegung, modern Vietnamese communists tend to use the word 
development. Wherever this is the case, we have chosen to use the words in English which most closely match the language used in the original Vietnamese of this text. In materialist dialectics, the word relationship refers to the regulating principles, mutual interactions, and mutual transformations which exist between things, phenomena, and ideas, as well as those existing between aspects and factors within things, phenomena, and ideas. Annotation 105. Throughout this book, phenomenon or phenomena simply refers to anything that is observable by the human senses. Materialist dialectics examines relationships between things, phenomena, and ideas, and within things, phenomena, and ideas. A relationship which occurs between two separate things or phenomena is referred to as an external relationship. A relationship which occurs within a thing or phenomenon is referred to as an internal relationship. These terms are relative. Sometimes a relationship may be internal in one context but external in a different context. For example, consider a solar system. When considering a solar system as a whole, the orbit of a moon around a planet may be considered as an internal relationship of the solar system. But when considering the moon as an isolated subject, its orbit around a planet may be seen as an external relationship, which the moon has with the planet. Figure 2. Internal and external relationships. The diagram above illustrates different types of relationships. Object 1 has its own internal relationships, A, and from its own perspective, it also has external relationships with object 2, B. From a wider perspective, the relationship between object 1 and object 2, B, may be viewed as an internal relationship. This system of relationships between object 1 and object 2 will also have external relationships with other things, phenomena, and ideas, C. Relationships have a quality of generality, which refers to how frequently they occur between and within things, phenomena, and ideas. When we refer to general relationships, we are usually referring to relationships which exist broadly across many things, phenomena, and ideas. General relationships can exist both internally, within things, phenomena, and ideas, and externally, between things, phenomena, and ideas. The most general relationships are universal relationships. These are relationships that exist between and within everything and all phenomena, and they are one of the two primary subjects of study of materialist dialectics. The other primary subject of study is the principle of development. Annotation 106, figure 3. Generality of relationships in materialist dialectics. The discussion of generality of relationships can seem confusing at first. What's important to understand is that generality is a spectrum ranging from the least general relationships, unique relationships which only occur between two specific things, phenomena, ideas, and the most general relationships, universal relationships, which occur between or within all things, phenomena, ideas. Of particular importance in the study of materialist dialectics are universal relationships which exist within and between all things, phenomena, and ideas. Translation note. 
In the original Vietnamese, the word universal is not used. Instead, the compound term Phu Vien Nat is used, which literally means most general. In Vietnamese, this phrasing is commonly used to describe the concept of universal and is thus not confusing to Vietnamese speakers. For this translation, we have opted to use the word universal because we feel it is less confusing and better explains the concept in English. The universal relationships include, but are not limited to, relationships between basic philosophical category pairs, private and common, essence and phenomenon, etc. Footnote 1. Relationships between quantity and quality. Footnote 2. Relationships between opposites. Footnote 3. Together, in all forms of relationships in nature, society, and human thought, special, general, and universal, there is unity in diversity and diversity in unity. Annotation 107. Principle of General Relationships. According to Curriculum of the Philosophy of Marxism-Leninism for University and College Students Specializing in Marxism-Leninism and Ho Chi Minh Thought, quote, Materialist dialectics upholds the position that all things, phenomena, and ideas exist in mutual relationships with each other, regulate each other, transform into each other, and that nothing else exists in complete isolation. That is the core idea of the principle of general relationships. End quote. From this principle, we find the characteristics of diversity in unity and unity in diversity. The basis of diversity in unity is the fact that every thing, phenomenon, or idea contains many different relationships. The basis of unity in diversity is that many different relationships exist, unified, within each and every thing phenomenon, and idea. Diversity in unity. There exists an infinite number of diverse relationships between things, phenomena, and ideas, but all of these relationships share the same foundation in the material world. Figure 4. Diversity in unity. An infinite diversity of relationships exist within the unity of the material world. The material world is not a chaotic and random assortment of things, phenomena, and ideas. Rather, it is a system of relationships between things, phenomena, and ideas. Likewise, since the material world exists as the foundation of all things, phenomena, and ideas, the material world is thus the foundation for all relationships within and between things, phenomena, and ideas. Because all relationships share a foundation in the material world, they also exist in unity, even though all relationships are diversified and different from one another. Figure 5. Unity in diversity. Universal relationships which unite all things, phenomena, and ideas manifest in infinitely diverse ways. Unity in diversity. When we examine the universal relationships that exist within and between all different things, phenomena, and ideas, we will find that each individual manifestation of any universal relationship will have its own different manifestations, aspects, features, etc. Thus, even the universal relationships which unite all things, phenomena, and ideas exist in infinite diversity. 
paraphrased from Curriculum of the Philosophy of Marxism-Leninism for University and College Students Specializing in Marxism-Leninism and Ho Chi Minh Thought. Characteristics of Relationships Objectiveness, generality, and diversity are the three basic characteristics of relationships. The characteristic of objectiveness of relationships. According to the materialist dialectical viewpoint, relationships between things, phenomena, and ideas have objective characteristics. Annotation 108. In materialist dialectics, objectiveness is an abstract concept that refers to the relative externality of all things, phenomena, and ideas. Everything, phenomena, and idea exists externally to every other thing, phenomena, and idea. This means that to each individual subject, i.e. each individual thing, phenomena, and idea, all other things, phenomena, and ideas are external objects. Figure 6. Alice and all other things, phenomena, and ideas. All things, phenomena, and ideas have the relative characteristic of objectiveness. Altogether, the collection of all things, phenomena, and ideas in the universe create the external reality of any given subject. So, objectiveness is relative. In the case of human beings, every individual person exists as an individual subject to which all other things, phenomena, and ideas, including other human beings, have objective characteristics. Figure 7. Alice and Bob. Alice and Bob are external to one another. Each is objective from the other's perspective. Of course, objectiveness is always relative. Something might be external from a certain perspective, but not from another perspective. For example, say there are two people, Bob and Alice. From Bob's perspective, Alice has objective characteristics. But from Alice's perspective, Bob would have objective characteristics. Figure 8. Alice and Bob again. The relationship between Alice and Bob has objective characteristics to both Alice and Bob. As all relationships are inherently external to any given subject, even subjects which are party to the relationship, relationships also have objective characteristics. Whenever two things, phenomena, or ideas have a relationship with one another, they form a pair. The relationship is inherent to this pair and external to any subject which exists outside of the pair. The mutual interaction and mutual transformation which occurs to the things, phenomena, or objects within the pair as the result of the relationship are inherent and objective properties of the pair. Annotation 109. Translation note. In the original Vietnamese text, the word for objective is khac quan. This is a compound word in which khac means guest and quan means point of view. Therefore, khac Quan literally means the guest's, or outsider's, point of view. Thus, we translate this to objectiveness slash objective, the characteristic of being viewed from the outside. The word inherent in the original Vietnamese is von ko. This is another compound word. Von is a shortened form of the word von di, which means by or through nature, naturally and intrinsically. Ko means to have or to exist. 
Von Kohl thus means already existing naturally, or already there through nature. So we use the word inherent to mean existing intrinsically or naturally within, without external influence. Human beings can't change or impact external things and phenomena and the relationships between them through human will alone. Humans are limited to perceiving relationships between things and phenomena and then impacting or changing them through our practical activities. The characteristic of generality of relationships. According to the dialectical viewpoint, there is no thing, phenomenon, nor idea that exists in absolute isolation from other things, phenomena, and ideas. Annotation 110. Although all things, phenomena, and ideas have the characteristic of externality and objectiveness to all things, phenomena, and ideas, see annotation 108, this does not mean that they exist in isolation. Isolation implies a complete lack of any relationships with other things, phenomena, and ideas. On the contrary, according to the principle of general relationships, see principle of general relationships, all things, phenomena, and ideas have relationships with all other things, phenomena, and ideas. Simultaneously, there is also no known thing, phenomenon, nor idea that does not have a systematic structure, including component parts, which in turn have their own internal relationships. This means that every existence is a system, and more so, is an open system that exists in relation with other systems. All systems interact and mutually transform one another. Annotation 111. As explained above, a systematic structure is a structure which includes within itself a system of component parts and relationships. It has been postulated by some scientific models that there may be some fundamental base principle. Quarks, prions, etc which, if true, would mean that there is a certain basic material component which cannot be further broken down. However, this would not contradict the principle of materialist dialectics of general relationships, which states that all things, phenomena, and ideas interact with and mutually transform one another. See Annotation 107. The Characteristic of Diversity of Relationships In addition to affirming the objectiveness, footnote 4, and generality, footnote 5, of relationships, the dialectical viewpoint of Marxism-Leninism also emphasizes the diversity of relationships. The characteristic of diversity is defined by the following features. All things, phenomena, and ideas have different relationships. Every relationship plays a distinct role in the existence and development of the things, phenomena, and ideas which are included within. Any given relationship between things, phenomena, and ideas will have different characteristics and manifestations under different conditions and or during different periods of motion and or at different stages of development. Annotation 112. One of Marx's most critical observations was that things are defined by their internal and external relationships, including human beings. For example, in Theses on Feuerbach, Marx wrote that, quote, The essence of man is no abstraction inherent in each single individual. In reality, it is the ensemble of these social relations. End quote. 
It is only through relationships, through mutual impacts and transformation, that things, phenomena, and ideas, including human beings and human societies, change and develop over time. All of these relationships, which both define and transform all things, phenomena, and ideas in existence, exist in infinite diversity. See annotation 107. Just as things, phenomena, and ideas change and transform through the course of relations with one another, the nature of these relationships themselves also change and develop over time. Characteristics refer to the features and attributes that exist internally within a given thing, phenomena, or idea. Manifestation refers to how a given thing, phenomena, or idea is expressed externally in the material world. Characteristics refer to the features and attributes that exist internally within a given thing, phenomena, or idea. Manifestation refers to how a given thing, phenomena, or idea is expressed externally in the material world. For example, a ball may have the characteristics of being made of rubber, having a mass of 100 grams, and having a melting point of 260 degrees C. It may manifest by bouncing on the ground, having a spherical shape, and having a red appearance to human observers. If 10 such balls exist, they will all be slightly different. Even if they have the same mass and material composition, they will have slightly different variations in size, shape, etc. Even if each ball will melt at 260 degrees C, the melting will manifest differently for each ball. They will melt into slightly different shapes, at slightly different speeds, etc. Relationships also have characteristics and manifestations. For example, the moon's orbit around the Earth is a relationship. It has characteristics such as the masses of each related body, forces of gravity, and other factors which produce and influence the orbit. The same orbital relationship also has manifestations such as the duration of the moon's orbit around the Earth, the size of its ellipse, the orbit's effects on the tides of the Earth's ocean, etc. Characteristics and manifestation correspond respectively to the philosophical category pair of content and form, which is discussed in section page 147. Therefore, no two relationships are exactly the same, even if they exist between very similar things, phenomena, and ideas, and or in very similar situations. It is also important to note that the characteristic of diversity also applies to things, phenomena, and ideas themselves. In other words, every individual thing, phenomenon, and idea in existence also manifests differently from every other thing, phenomenon, and idea in existence, even if they seem quite similar. Meaning of the methodology. Based on the objective and popular characteristics of relationships, we can see that in our cognitive and practical activities, we have to have a comprehensive viewpoint. Having a comprehensive viewpoint requires that in the process of perceiving and handling real-life situations, humans have to consider the internal dialectical relationships between the component parts, factors, and aspects within a thing or phenomenon. We also need to consider the external mutual interactions they have with other things, phenomena, and ideas. Only on such a comprehensive basis can we properly understand things and phenomena and then effectively handle problems in real life. 
So the comprehensive viewpoint is the opposite of a unilateral and or metaphysical viewpoint. See annotation 51 in both perception and practice. Lenin said, quote, if we are to have true knowledge of an object, we must look at and examine all of its facets, its connections and mediacies, indirect relationships. End quote. Footnote 6. Annotation 113. Figure 9. Comprehensive viewpoint. The comprehensive viewpoint sees the subject in terms of all of its internal and external relationships. Consider a factory. A factory exists as a collection of internal relationships between the workers, between machines, between the workers and the machines, etc., and external relationships between the factory and its suppliers, between the factory and its customers, between the factory and the city, etc. In order to have a comprehensive viewpoint when examining the factory, one must consider and understand all of the internal and external relationships which define it. The diversified characteristic of relationships, see annotation 107, shows that in human cognitive and practical activities, we have to simultaneously use a comprehensive viewpoint and a historical viewpoint. Having a historical viewpoint requires that, in perceiving and handling real-life situations, we need to consider the specific properties of subjects, including their current stage of motion and development. We also need to consider that the exact same methods can't be used to deal with different situations in reality. Our methods must be tailored to suit the exact situation based on material conditions. Annotation 114. While the comprehensive viewpoint focuses on internal and external relationships of subjects, the historical viewpoint focuses on the specific properties of subjects, especially the current stage of motion and development. In order to have a proper historical viewpoint, we must study and understand the way a subject has developed and transformed over time. To do this, we must examine the history of the subject's changes over time, hence the term historical viewpoint. In addition, it's important to understand that no two situations which we might encounter will ever be exactly the same. This is because the component parts and relationships that make up any given situation will manifest differently. So, in order to properly deal with situations, we have to understand the component parts and relationships of examined subjects as well as their histories of development, so that we can develop plans and strategies that are suitable to the unique circumstances at hand. For example, it would be disastrous if communists today tried to employ the exact same methods which were used by the Communist Party of Vietnam in the 20th century to defeat Japan, France and the USA. This is because the material conditions and relationships of Vietnam in the 20th century were very different from any material conditions existing on Earth today. It is possible to learn lessons from studying the methods of the Vietnamese Revolution and to adapt some such methods to our modern circumstances, but it would be extremely ineffective to try to copy those methods and strategies exactly as they manifested then and there to the here and now. In order to come up with suitable and effective solutions to deal with real-life problems, we must clearly define the roles and positions of each specific relationship that comes into play and the specific time, place, and material conditions in which they exist. 
Annotation 115. Figure 10. Historical Viewpoint. A historical viewpoint focuses on the roles and positions of relationships and properties of subjects as well as their development over time. The role of a relationship has to do with how it functions within a system of relationships and the position refers to its placement amongst other subjects and relationships. Consider once again the example of the factory. See annotation 113. In addition to its internal and external relationships, the factory also has various roles. It functions within various systems and from various perspectives. For instance, the factory may have the role of financial asset for the corporation that owns it. It may have the role of place of employment for the surrounding community. It may have the role of supplier for various customers, etc. The factory is also positioned among other subjects and relations. If it's the only employer in town, then it would have a position of great importance to the people of the community. If, on the other hand, it's just one of hundreds of factories in a heavily industrialized area, it may have a position of much less importance. It may have a position of great importance to an individual factory worker who lives in poverty in an economy where there are very few available jobs, but of less importance to a freelance subcontractor for whom the factory is just one of many customers, and so on. These positions and roles will change over time. For example, the factory may initially exist as a small workshop with a small handful of workers, but it may grow into a massive factory with hundreds of employees. It is vital to understand this principle of development, which is discussed in more detail on the next page. In summary, proper dialectical materialist analysis requires a comprehensive and historical viewpoint. We must consider subjects both comprehensively, in terms of the internal and external relationships of the subject itself, as well as historically, in terms of roles and positions of subjects, as well as their relationships, material conditions, and development over time. So in both perception and practice, we have to avoid and overcome sophistry and eclectic viewpoints. Annotation 116. Sophistry is the use of falsehoods and misleading arguments, usually with the intention of deception and with a tendency of presenting non-critical aspects of a subject matter as critical to serve a particular agenda. The word comes from the sophists a group of professional teachers in ancient Greece who were criticized by Socrates in Plato's dialogues for being shrewd and deceptive rhetoricians. This kind of bad faith argument has no place in materialist dialectics. Materialist dialectics must instead be rooted in a true and accurate understanding of the subject, material conditions, and reality in general. Eclecticism is an incoherent approach to philosophical inquiry which attempts to draw from various different theories, frameworks, and ideas to attempt to understand a subject, applying different theories in different situations without any consistency in analysis and thought. Eclectic arguments are typically composed of various pieces of evidence that are cherry-picked and pieced together to form a perspective that lacks clarity. By definition, because they draw from different systems of thought without seeking a clear and cohesive understanding of the totality of the subject and its internal and external relations and its development over time, eclectic arguments run counter to the comprehensive and historical viewpoints. 
Eclecticism is somewhat similar to dialectical materialism in that it attempts to consider a subject from many different perspectives and analyzes relationships pertaining to a subject, but the major flaw of eclecticism is a lack of clear and coherent systems and principles, which leads to a chaotic viewpoint and an inability to grasp the true nature of the subject at hand. And that is going to do it for this week. If you have any questions, comments, corrections, or suggestions, you can email leftistreading at gmail.com or contact the show on Twitter at leftistreading. Our intro and outro music is Decisions by Eric Medias. You can find it and more of his work on soundimage.org. This show is hosted on the Abnormal Mapping Network. You can go to abnormalmapping.com to find this and lots of other leftist podcasts. You can also go to patreon.com slash abnormalmapping to support the network there and get bonus shows. That's all for this week. Thank you for listening, and keep reading. <laughs>